Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 270 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, I caught up with Kerry Warner in his home in Roanoke following the Amateur Road National Championships that took place a couple weeks ago, and we just chatted. And it was fun. And it's the kind of episode that I, I love doing and hope to do more in the future. And and to help me to be able to do those, I, I'd ask that you go to WideAnglePodium.com and uh, click on the Donate button. Become a member of the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. Uh, support my show, Cyclocross Radio. Support any of the other shows out there. And uh, help us to continue bringing you independent cycling media like this conversation i'm having with kerry warner today and i'm not going to bog you down with a long intro here so if you're skipping ahead you're, you're going to be right into the conversation because this thing this thing it's ending right now because uh i got kerry warner and it's episode 270 of cyclocross radio and you know what it's all happening Right now, Carrie, Bill, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for inviting me into your home. Welcome, uh, welcome to beautiful Vinton, Virginia. So you just finished up um, road nationals. Yep, on your cyclocross bike the whole time, except for the time trial. Except bike? for the time trial, I thought going into it, the time the the cross bike with clip on bars might have been faster. Yeah. But then I rode a DT bike for the first time and like full disc, like deep dish front wheel, like had the bars and everything. And that was pretty cool. Uh, what was the gearing difference? Cause I, we were talking before it started just about, uh, you were a little under gear during the crit on your cross bike. Yeah. A little bit. So, so um, bigger, bigger chain ring on that TT bike. No, it just had a standard. Okay. So I showed up at the TT and I was like checking out the, like Zach Gregg and Vogel's bike. They have like the, the newest Argon with like disc brakes and blip shifters and stuff. And I was like, what kind of chain rings y'all run in there? Like sixties. And I was like, what? <laughs> I think I had a 53 on. Nice. Good. I definitely spun it out on some of the downhills, but uh, yeah, it was still a pretty cool experience. Uh, so do, do you ever do you ever think about contacting GoPro R&D and seeing if if you can develop a fairing for for your uh for your helmet cam yeah i have thought about it i was like man if i showed up and like put some sort of like triangle on the front of it so i could like make it like a smidge more arrow or i'd love to see somebody take that thing into the wind tunnel yeah put it on sideways and see what it see what it does i think that'd be amazing i think I don't know. I, you know, maybe this might be like the first time Kona does a does a wind wind tunnel <laughs> yeah. test. You should you should push for that. I'll get Jiro to do it because we have the Eclipse, which is supposed to be like the fastest aero helmet. So maybe I'll get Jiro to come. There you to, go. I mean, it can't look any more ridiculous than what we were seeing at that first stage of the Tour de France uh-huh, for some of those, exactly. some of those helmets. Right? So that's a good point i think you're on to something i think that'd be cool i thought i had the most ridiculous setup <laughs> and then they rolled that shit out so i can tell you the, the nice thing is like especially for the crit yesterday 
You know, it, it saw some chesties out there, saw some handlebar cams, but you're definitely the most the most visible. I always Easiest I always knew where you were in the pack because of yeah. the because of the antenna. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, I remember last year at Tulsa, Emily said the same thing. Yeah, so I I wanted to like catch up with you um, about cyclocross and everything else that you're doing on a bike so so here this is I mean, we're on your couch now maybe maybe you should be lying down so here's your um here's your <laughs> here's your uh here's your head shrinking question okay if if somebody asks you what you are right now be it bike racer cyclocross racer what do you tell them oh man yeah i definitely haven't i think i haven't thought about it because i haven't wanted to identify as anything else <laughs> so, so still still cyclocross racer i'd love to yeah like in terms of like what i love still cyclocross racer for sure like that's i just yeah there's there's no there's no beating cyclocross racing for me it's like the most exciting and engaging and like yeah i just i find the most joy out of it but unfortunately like with the way the industry's going and all of this like super inflated hype on the gravel scene it's just like you know i don't blame kona for wanting us to do more gravel and and even they've stopped production of their cross bikes so it's like it's basically full in on gravel and then i've just gotta like make it through the summer and get to the fall and find some gaps in the in the gravel calendar and basically just fill it with cross so it's kind of where yeah but it's not like it's not like something that i don't i think you can looking back on on your career and just how it went i mean i think you made smart decisions and at the time i mean you got into it the right you i I look at I, i guess where i'm coming from is i still look back at like i think the first time I saw you was when you won your U23 mountain bike national oh, championship yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Pennsylvania. I think it was yeah. 2012. Yeah. Uh, and looking at the people that you beat there, you know, I think Russell was in there. Was Keegan in there as well? No, he was still a junior. Then, he was I still think. a junior. Okay. It but still, Howie and, Howie Howie. and Russell. Yeah. yeah. They stuck with mountain biking. Yeah. And now I think both of them probably moving more towards endurance events, gravel right. events, you know, yep. that type of stuff, not the classic cross country mountain biking. You went cyclocross. And at that time, I think you, you know, we've talked about this before from what you love, but also financially and everything else. That was, that was the way to go for you. It made of, sense for me for instead sure. of sticking with mountain biking. Yeah. 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 I mean, I jumped on with Kona then like pretty soon after that. Um, I did like maybe two years as an elite for mountain biking. Um, but then I got in with Kona and Kona like wasn't making like super fast XC style mountain bike and they wanted to like re revamp interest in the Jake, like the cross, the cross line. So yeah, it worked, it worked out well for me. And that was the time too, you know, cause that was like right after worlds and Louisville, you know, right. and, and a couple of years after that. And with, I think that it was fine. I just talked to Frank deal who you know, well, who's a, uh, race director for go cross. And we were, we were kind of talking about the same thing, just like where, where across is now. But at that time, you know, it was, it was, there was a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of momentum. Yeah. And I guess now it's the, the struggle is how do we get that back? 
Yeah, no, I I was like really I was really uh kind of surprised that after the after the pandemic, like w- just with like the timeline of how everything started to kind of open up late late summer, early fall, I thought like Cross was just going to have this like resurgence in 2021 and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why it didn't, especially with like Worlds coming up, you know, like I thought it was going to be a big thing. We introduced like the USCX series, uh, which was really cool. And yeah, I don't know. I think everybody just got like hooked on these like longer rides and like adventure style stuff over the pandemic and and the market got behind it. And that's that's kind of just like it took off. So where where does that leave you because i i know that you know you as you were just saying kona's not supporting you as much in cross and more wants you to do more of the these longer gravel type rides you're doing bwr so what does you know sort of going back to my original question what are you what does it what does what does this look like for you for racing right now yeah i mean i guess on paper i'm a gravel racer you know like that's that's where the focus is right now um that's where i'm putting resources I didn't get into the Lifetime series, which, you know, like, sucks on the surface. Like, I'm sure Kona would have been stoked to have another rider in there. Becca and Wally are in there. Uh, so I kind of see it as, like, they can have that series. And then I am doing the BWR because it's, like, I don't think it's it's possible, but it's I don't think it's wise to do both. So I kind of like the BWR races more anyway. Um just because I don't really like the Lifetime series. Uh, I'm still wrapping my head around and like trying to figure out this learning curve of racing for 130 miles, you know? That's what I was going to ask you about, how, how these, <laughs> these races are going, because it's definitely, there's, you know, I, I talk to Amanda Nauman a lot about this, and she's sort of got this down to this science and yeah. voodoo art to, the, uh, to how to compete in these things. And yeah, going from something that's, an hour long where you basically have cyclocross dialed, you know, you know how to win a race. It doesn't always work out, but, but you know, intellectually, you know what you have to do. And when you're out there, you'll be able to make these decisions. That's gotta be just a completely different mindset. Yeah. It's a different mindset and like different prep and like, uh, you know, like it's not only that we're doing these 130 mile races, but we're doing them with like X world tour guys. So it's like, it's just, it's kind of blow it. You know, I've always known that those guys are super fast, but it's just absolutely mind blowing to know, even from my perspective, being a pro cyclist, like how fast these dudes are at six hours into a bike race. That, that, that was always, I forgot who said this, but they were talking about the difference between sort of a domestic pro road racer and kind of that elite world cup is like the, the, the world tour guys aren't necessarily any faster than the domestic guys. It's just that they're just as fast as they were in hour two in yeah, hour exactly. seven. Yeah. It's not like in hour two, they're putting out twice as many Watts as you, but like six hours in they're putting out just as many Watts as they were on hour one. And it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, uh, it just takes a lot more riding, uh, for me, like a lot more strategy, like, uh, with my wife being a registered dietitian, you know, we've talked a lot about fueling because at some point, like, you know, it is about 
attrition and like if you didn't do the right things on hour one two and three like you're probably screwed for you know five six seven yeah that's that's kind of been you know the the line i get a lot talking to folks is it's really it's uh it's a race but it's also an eating contest it is yeah yeah for sure you're like so sick of food and and yeah like like i said like if you don't do the right things it's just like it it compounds on itself and so then at six hours in when dudes are still doing threshold and vo2 it's like man you're just sitting there bonking if you didn't do the right thing not to mention like it it takes practice to like eat that much so you're doing the bwr and it didn't get into the lifetime series i know there was a a a lot of talk about that if you know especially from the there there seemed to be a lot of emphasis on social media and and content and you know we all looked at you and even Curtis to some extent but definitely you 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 are you have an established uh online brand that is successful right. and that you spend a ton of time doing so it was kind of it seemed it seemed like a miss a miss for them um but doing doing Belgian waffle ride it's almost like I, I don't know it's 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 come up it's it's funny to look at series it's like lacrosse we're always looking for series but it right. seems like it's you know it's it's coming up as sort of that second series out there yeah um and yeah i don't know i kind of i kind of like it just because the races are cool you know i would prefer they're more like 100 miles but like just the style of racing where they're like San Marcos was really cool, mixing it up with like single track, like gravel stuff and pavement. Like it was, su- it's super diverse, and so like, it's not like you got to be able to ride your bike the whole time. Uh, and uh yeah, I don't know. Like, do you think that you mentioned the hundred mile and that that kind of key that perked me up because that's always I I I, I get <laughs> I've I've. Where where has Bill gotten yelled at? Oh, I've always said that you know cyclocross <laughs> races should be for the men and women between fifty and sixty minutes. That makes it the most exciting. That you, you yep. know you have yep. to race the whole time. There's no right. laps off that way. Uh, Rob Kelly will kill me because I think that seventy five minute crits are the way to go, and ninety minute crits you lose uh, spectator interest. I'll um, stand there with you. Um, <laughs> in the same way, and that's it's this whole thing is like there's this split between I know athletes you want to push yourself you want to see what you can do against the best out there or even even against yourself but at the same time you want something that's marketable and something that i want to be interested in and i want to watch as as a spectator and as a fan and i looked at like unbound and my i always thought like in the future like the 200 is cool but it's going to be the if they continue to put it on you know broadcast it live stream it i think the 100 would be something that you're going to get a race and it's going to be exciting yeah. and you're not sitting there for 10 hours yeah it, last year you know during cross season i kept joking because i think steven did uh steven hyde did the 100 last year so i kind of was joking with all the cross guys like hey we should just make a pact like let's everybody just sign up for the 100 make it a super stacked field and like really give them a bike race you know yeah, so that's that would be my that would be my gravel proposition it, it, to make it even more exciting. Uh, I'm with you. Make everything 100 miles. 
Yeah. No, I mean, even shorter, I would be stoked with. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Vermont Overland is what, like 56? It's like less than 60 miles. Is there a ton of elevation in that one? It's like 8,500 feet. Yeah. Because so. that's like uh, with Tusher coming up. I right. know that's yeah. the, because that's only what, like 60 miles too, yeah. I think, or something like that. Yeah. But like 10K of climbing. Yeah. So there is a trade off. <laughs> right. Exactly. At altitude. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I guess it, with this, um, back to our theme of who you are i you know just talking to you before we started recording it seems like it's it's now become a bit of a challenge for you doing this bwr series and also gravel is kind of doesn't always play nice with um the beginning of the cyclocross season yeah uh yeah i know so like right now i have uh like i laid out my fall schedule the other week um and just, you know, we got go cross as a C1 this year, so I'll be in town for that. But then the next weekend, Rochester, the BWR Cedar City conflicts with Rochester, so I'll miss out on that, which probably will take me out of USCX contention. And then I think later down the road, the last BWR in Kansas conflicts with, uh, like, really rad, um... So right now I was just looking at like four cross races, including nationals, which is a big difference than the last five years of. Like, yeah, I mean you were basically the cyclocross mainstay, <laughs> you know, for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I don't know what was it. Was it eighteen? What did didn't you do like forty some races one of these seasons yeah. with Europe and everything? Yeah, else? with Europe. Yeah, I was up there with like uh, who else did like Dan Suta and like. I was up there in the top five with a bunch of Euro guys. So. <laughs> huh. So that's going to be a change. I mean, did you, uh, is there any, any part of you? I mean, look, you're, you, you're domestic cyclocross. You're consistently uh favorite out there for winning. Do you think that, oh, oh, but now, I mean, you got these young bucks coming up, you know, you got the, the Bruners and guys like that. Who, Bruner and Funkston are fast. Yeah. And, and Lance is like always there as well. So do you feel maybe strategically just being able to pinpoint some cross will be a advantage or just going from like the long haul gravel and trying to then do cyclocross is kind of putting you a little behind the eight ball. No. Well, so, yeah, it's really interesting because originally I had thought like oh, only doing four cross races, like, that's three cross races and then nationals. So I was like, oh, finally I'm going to hit nationals with like a little bit left in the tank, you know. But then like once I laid the schedule out, it's like, you know, it's still like almost just as many race weekends. But instead of like two cross races a weekend, we're subbing in like a 130 mile gravel race. And so it's like, which is more draining, <laughs> you know, two one hour cross races or uh you know like and i'm gonna have to fly to a bunch of these gravel races so it's like the travel and then uh, you know the the fatigue of a 130 mile race sure it's one day but it's like tss wise we're looking at like four times four times as hard are, are you hoping that for these gravel races there are more hike a bike sections so at least you get the uh <laughs> get the get the running and off the bike uh, practice in yeah that's a good uh, i hadn't thought about that but that would have been nice yeah <laughs> okay so only four and then nationals how was your how was your hartford nationals last time around i got third last time um and it was like super snowy and icy stevie got away that's right 
Stevie got away and then crashed his bike like a hundred times, but still like held it together. That was when he came across the line with with a broken derailleur. derailleur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Diesel Jamie Driscoll, he just came on me at the end of the race, and Jamie knows how to ride a bike in this in the tricky stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it kind of. De- I liked that course. It was really cool. Had the big wall feature right at the beginning. Um, some some techie turns and stuff, but it was also like a sheet of ice the whole time. So I think like, it'll be interesting to see what mother nature has in store for us. I know you're not. So you were saying how you're kind of out of contention or are out of contention already before it even starts with the, uh, USCX. Uh, one of my biggest criticisms of that series was not giving the incentive to the riders by offering a purse. I mean, what was, was, that it for you too and what do you you know any thoughts on on them making i know you can't be a part of it now but but at least making that change it seems like it's a positive step yeah for sure i mean like last year i thought it was really um and and pardon me i didn't read the press release uh just because there was some stuff going on but is there are they live streaming those races In, in the press i think they wanted to get the press release out to announce the so the way and i didn't even realize this i guess the way the series is structured it's jingle cross in rochester so john Meehan and scott page started the series and then i guess they invite two other races to be a part of it so yeah, it was supposed that. to be jingle and rochester and then two other races since jingle isn't here anymore it's uh you know charm city remains and then go cross and really rad and um so kings is not a part of kings it. is not a part of it okay this year so that's that's the that's to change there and through all of that i forgot what your actual question was <laughs> uh is it live streamed live stream right uh yeah okay so they wanted to get that stuff out and they are still kind of going through all the machinations of getting the live stream um finalized but my what i um what i've been led to believe is that it will be back on gcn but they can't say that officially oh okay well yeah so the whole reason i ask is because like last year with it being on gcn like i thought that was awesome i know i had a lot of people reaching out like there were some kinks that needed to be worked out at the beginning of the of the whole series and like figuring out how to film it great but like by the end i thought like they did a decent job and like it gave people that didn't travel to the race a chance to watch it and like almost anybody i know in the cycling industry has gcn so it's easy to access um so i i thought like all the right steps were being taken for the uscx and then like obviously i was not stoked that there wasn't a prize purse last year but like to hear that it's that it's this year so like if you can get the live stream and the prize purse that just seems like a recipe for greatness um so here's you know that that kind of gets me back to where what we were talking about before and I think that this might have been what the USCX organizers were going off of in that I think it was Asheville Asheville Nationals you know after that we had our UCI promoters meeting and one of the subjects that came up was the pro CX. And before 
up until that time, there was a prize purse for the Pro CX. Right. It wasn't a lot, but I think it was like $5,000 possibly each between men and women or maybe even combined. Yeah, yeah. But at least there was some money there. And yeah. I, I think it was each. And what the riders at that time, and again, we're talking six, seven years ago, this maybe 2015. more. This 2015. Yeah. The, the, and I think it was Powers in there and a few other riders who were like, hey, that money doesn't really mean that much to us. What means more to us is that this, the Pro CX is marketed, that our sponsors are able to get some something that is out there, that our names are out there, that our team names are out there. And that exposure is much more important than, you know, five hundred, six hundred, a thousand dollars at the end of the season for a rider. It seems like with less sponsor involvement, with less teams, with more privateers out there, that yeah. that, that that paradigm has changed. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's just money talks. Yeah. No, I mean yeah i it, it, it's interesting to hear like i mean like now i had talked to some riders prior to the uscx announcement and like the overall prize purse but like i know lance was targeting less cross this year dillman's targeting less cross so like um it's interesting i don't know if they, they'll change their mind now but um yeah it's just it'll be interesting to see what happens like i'd i'd love to target it because i think like that series chasing that money like that would be a great story uh and i think people could get into that um but yeah i've got to do i've got to do kind of like base basically what kona wants like they're paying the bills like that's where the market is nobody's buying cross bikes anymore so what does cyclocross need to do sort of on the domestic level to get to to raise its image i mean i just talked about i don't think series and races do a very good job of marketing themselves i think that's throughout bike racing you know sure we sit yeah. there and joke about it like not even joke about it. i'm completely serious like when you announce a race i i need to know two things i need to know what day it's on and where it is and even that basic information a lot of times when you see these race announcements they don't they don't include that i mean that, yeah. that, that seems like the base level but yeah but beyond that i mean what is what is it that you're doing a lot of content creation. You sort of have, have learned how to play this marketing game. What is it? What advice can you give either to organizers or even in the sport of the whole to, to kind of build back that profile? Yeah. I mean, like, I think like it's all about like, like hype, you know, like you got to build the story and if you can get like, cause like one standalone race isn't really going to do it. Right. Like unless you have a super strong community and you can get like a ton of like really influential people in the community behind it. But for us, like, I think like as a series, like it's going to take like, you know, Curtis Bruner, like all me, like Lance, all the top guys, Funkston, all these guys to come out and be like, Hey, this is our schedule. Like these are where we're going to overlap. And like, and, and so like basically just make like, the, the most sought after races right and then people are like very clued into those races they want to go to those races and see the action play out or watch the live stream uh so i think it's just and i mean it makes sense like i think you just gotta draw like 
up the hype level. Like make it make it big, even if you're not doing really big things, just make it seem big. Are you on TikTok? <laughs> no. I'm thirty one, man. I've been I, I know. That that's kinda why I asked because I, I, I'm not either, but it seems like and it's what it's this was kind of lead into to talk about your YouTube channel that I've has been successful and you do an amazing job. I was when we were coming in, you were like the crit recaps already going to go up. That was what, like 16 hours ago that you were (laughs) actually racing. I don't know when you did this, but do you, do you feel like even, even what you're doing on that? I, this is, I, I guess now I'm on the couch. Uh, this is my, my my frustration (laughs) is that I think, I don't know what people want content wise. And it seems like yeah. even giving somebody five or 10 minutes worth of content, I know I'm going to get comments for people. No, we still want long stuff. But then you look at like views and right. it seems like it, it starts to go down um, from, from where it once was. And I don't, I don't know what people want to carry. Yeah, man. I mean, for me, it's kind of like, I don't, it's tough. Cause like, I don't, I basically like have a race schedule and I'm just like, well, I diversify my race schedule enough to the point where like I kind of give all the little niches of cycling like the content that they want, you know? So like honestly, like I don't really care what people want. I'm just like doing the the races that I want to do and then whatever media I can generate from those races is what I'm going to put out. Because- I think that's better. I think I think that if you keep trying to chase what people want, you're just going to yeah. always be behind it. So I think I think that's actually that's good. Maybe right. that's the advice I can take from you cuz I'm always looking at like how I can try to shape this into what people want, but Yeah. It's kind of a non. I mean, if you if you make good content like you do, Bill, like I think like as long as you put it out there, like I think people. Yeah, I think like there's this like you're talking about views going down right now, but I think it's just like it's following the the market, right? Like it's following what people are interested in. And right now people are interested in these giant adventure races. And so like that's probably the content people want. Um, But I think it's I think it's important to keep all the other things relevant too, because uh, people are gonna eventually they're gonna change their mind, you know. As you're talking about your age, I can ask you what advice you can give to younger riders. Now you're 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 in that position now in your in your racing <laughs> career, and so here's here's the thing with you in that in that I I, I feel like I can say career to you, and it's not it's it's not just a title i mean i I think you are a professional bike race and that we are sitting in this house where you know you've you've been very smart about making money racing bikes and not necessarily i mean just with negotiating contracts what you race are you know you're successful but it's you know being able to do it domestically how 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 do we? How, what is your advice to somebody who is just surviving on a couch and and to to try to get to a level where you're at? Where I mean, you have some security. Yeah. No. I mean, like, it, it, I mean, like, for one, I wish that I could like give like I wish that I could make this list of bullet points and just be like, you check these boxes, you're set. But unfortunately, like, there's one big check box that is not necessarily like controlled by somebody, and that's luck and like whether or not the opportunity is there like 
for me, I was just at the right place at the right time. You know, like back in, I think I signed my contract with Kona in 2017, and like it's been an amazing ride with them. Uh, and they've been incredibly supportive. But like, you know, had they not been trying to revamp their cross program during that time, you know, like I don't know, I don't know exactly where I'd be right now. I might not be sitting in this house in Rona, in Virginia. <laughs> so I think like my advice would be like, you know, you got to do you got to do your due diligence with the things that you can control. You got to do the training and you got to like, there's this huge emphasis on social media right now. So like doing, you know, like it's not enough anymore to just post photos of race photos and tag sponsors. You got to be a little bit more original or, um, you know, like don't be afraid to show people who you really are. Like, you know, like your life outside of, riding a bicycle people people like that people like to be relatable um and then i think like the biggest thing is just like to 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 like always be networking always be reaching out and then if an opportunity is there like you just got to jump on it sometimes it's not what you want it to be exactly but um you know, you never know, it might open a bunch more doors for you down the road, or at least give you a different perspective on something that you didn't know you were that into. Um, so you just kind of got to like follow, follow the opportunity. Where on that list is having, having an adorable dog? Yeah, that's, that's definitely on this, like the, if you can check that box and incorporate that into your social media thing, (laughs) that's, uh, that's big time. Uh, other, other than the, the bike racing stuff, I, I think, you know, Emily has her nutrition business and I think, don't you all together have this almost adventure camp, uh, uh, clinic type yeah yeah rides what is I, i'm i'm struggling no, no, to come no. up with what it is tell, tell me about yeah, what no, that is i'm trying to like uh so just like when we moved here in 2020 i kind of was blown away at like how how accessible and awesome the riding was and and like i love taking people on new rides and showing people an area and like just i had so much fun finding all that stuff here and so i kind of like want to show other people it and so i started virginia blue ridge adventures is the business name and like right now i'm kind of just running uh clinics out of it skills clinics uh so we're gonna run a cross skills clinic labor day weekend and that'll be like the fourth year in a row minus covid that will have done that and then uh i took my uh, mountain bike instructor certification in May. So we're going to run a mountain bike skills clinic in July on the 23rd. And so I'm just kind of trying to make the business relevant and like make people in the community know that it's here. And like eventually, you know, dare I use the word retirement, but you know, at some point it would be nice to, to transition into this role where I'm still, involved with cycling on a nearly daily basis but you know i could see taking people out on private guided rides like i'd love to get into that space more or you know private clinics is something we're doing this year we've got some people signed up for that so yeah just just kind of like building that side of things would you ever out of that branch into event promotion man i'd love to like 
I, I, whenever I hear a, like hear of people or like somebody influential in in our community, Gordon Wadsworth, he does some great races rides the Appalachian journey and the mountaineer are awesome and like he does a great job with that and like just watching all the people that are super stoked with those experiences like makes me want to do something like that um but then it's you know like then I talk to people who are actually putting these things on and they're like they're like, yeah, just to you know, like just to clear expenses, we're looking at twenty or thirty grand, and I'm like, holy shit, like you know, it's like, whoa, uh, and and that's like, and that's not even you know, as you're a first year event, it's like just trying to get people to come to your race, you know, with so many races out there, uh, especially now with the gravel stuff and the mountain bike stuff, it's like, it's like this super saturated field, and so like just putting my name on an event doesn't mean people are going to come to the race. Uh, I experienced that a bit this, uh, this spring I tried to put on this, like we called it a gravel curious camp because it was like two shorter days of, uh, just routes around Roanoke. And I, I only had like four people sign up for it. <laughs> so I thought I was going to have like freaking tons of people. and It's going to be this big thing. And then, and then it was like, basically people got a private, a private ride with me. <laughs> you, you talk about this, this area. And, um, I think one of the things that, you know, I've known about it for years, but just in the, in the past couple of seasons, um, I've gone to like Chris Scott, Stokesville, yep. all of, all of his, his events out there, the gravel rise, the, you know, the, Buena Vista, there was just a Gravista that happened, yep. the stuff that Wadsworth it, it does. It's, I, and it's, it's something that I mean, but I personally don't have the bandwidth to, to go on this campaign, but this area, you know, this whole Blue Ridge, Shenandoah area is so amazing. There are such great events that I, I, I'm waiting for who it is that takes it to that national level yeah. I mean, there there's such a i mean you've seen it now more than anyone doing bwr doing all these other races just the the style and the roads of gravel and it's cool and yeah. they're like these gravel race roads and stuff but there's something different here you know you actually have like twists and turns in the roads and elevation yeah. and yeah, like yeah. cool like you know colonial era and civil war era stuff going on all right. over the place it's just this really neat historical area that yeah i think that this could really be a a hotbed for for that type of like gravel racing in the future which is a little unique or unique compared to other places in the country right. yeah yeah um i know uh and i'm not maybe i'm stepping out of line here but uh i did m meet with uh micah rice last year uh, and we were talking or actually at the beginning of this year and i know that micah and his apex uh racing are talking to visit vbr about coming here for the four day basically like pikes peak apex but I don't know if they'll call it the Roanoke Apex or what. Yeah, but. I mean that'd be fan that's exactly the the type of thing, you know. Yeah, and that's, like that's and it, and it, and it, and I will give Visit VBR so much credit. Yeah. Like they've been they've been like really, um, really like hammering down on just a lot of really cool outdoor events. Uh, I mean, they picked up this Road Nationals with a two year bid after 
learning like four months ago they picked it up from florida after the army base couldn't host it um you know they get behind go cross there's go fest you know they do a lot of weeknight um like the city of roanoke puts on weeknight race series and so getting the apex here next year would be really big they do the half iron man like the town and and the city the government is really behind a lot of outdoor rec stuff and so like I think this area is going to develop into that like place to be for. Yeah. I early on with go cross cross, I'd done some work with VBR Virginia's blue Ridge. And it's, it's really interesting. Cause I think that in, you know, years ago with that, with go cross, they were behind it, but they really, the whole cycling, you know, component, they, they, Still, still needed an education on, and I think that the people in this community did a great job on that. And yeah. it's also, I was talking to Frank about this earlier, just, just the patience that I think that you know his organization and other cycling-oriented organizations had with them that there were times where they weren't sure they had the budget, and now it seems like it's completely turned. And yeah, they're they're sponsoring road nets and they're they're yeah. just doing all these things, and it's 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 great. It's also. You know, but I think that the the lesson there is is you know that they aren't doing it purely for altruistic reasons. The reasons that they do it is they want people to come to this yeah. area, and that's kind of the that's kind of the like the bigger goal is you got to bring people into the area and then say and, and say that they are here for cycling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then you're good. Yeah, yeah, and then you just get more and more events because more and more people come, and just yeah, just piggybacks. Yeah. Um, and I think they're doing the right things, like to take those steps where, like, the snowball is has started rolling down the mountain. Yeah. So is um, so you've moved here. Is this going to be like the next uh, Fayetteville, Bentonville? You know, where <laughs> where, uh, where everybody's just going to start moving to Roanoke? Oh, that'd be sick. I could sell my house for twice as much as it's <laughs> worth, and, and I could go find someplace new. <laughs> awesome. So what's up next? Uh, I'm really stoked. So one more weekend before a, a little bit of a break here. I've been like hammering pretty hard since the beginning of May, but Lee's McRae college picked up a UCI mountain bike race right on the home campus trails. So like we have a pretty sick network of XC trails and Tim Hall, the head coach at Lee's McRae working with, uh, David Harlow from the Cane Creek series, uh, to host, uh, a round of UCI mountain bike and it's going to be right on right on campus so we're heading up to Lee's McRae this week uh, to do that and then then I get a little bit of time off like through middle of July middle of August um, before a little bit of a reset before we head into like the fall like final bits of gravel and, and the start of cross season alright well It'll be great to see you out there for for the limited time. You know, you won't be a mainstay in cyclocross. It'll be like it'll be sort of these special Kerry Warner events. Yeah, I'm kind of looking time. forward to like just like <laughs> popping in to, and, and making Curtis sweat a little bit and making Bruner's knees quake. It should be pretty fun. Are you gonna come out just to support Emily? You can work in the pits for her. Uh. Well, her dad will be there. So, okay. Yeah. I could do bottle hand-ups after or something. There you go. Perfect. I owe her after this weekend. She stood in the pit all day for me at the road race. It was not nice out there either. No. <laughs> it was not. Awesome. Well, it was always good talking to you, Kari. Yeah. Thanks, Bill.
Dear Cycling Friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast. And we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, the Grodio Podcast.